I'm really mad, you guys. Uh-oh. What happened? Why are you mad? Well, I listened to a podcast called Crime Analyst with Laura Richards, and she is a advocate for domestic violence. She's the one who's trying to get everyone to say coercive control rather than domestic violence because coercive control is actually illegal. And she has done a three-part series about Brittany. She has had the people that were there at the courthouse on. She's had this amazing psychiatrist who wrote the book, Why Women Get Blamed for Everything, on. I think you guys watched the documentary. Did you know all of the lawyers involved for Brittany and against Brittany are all being paid by her? She has to pay for everything, even coming up against this. And her lawyer that was court appointed, even though she asked for her own, never told her she could petition to end it in 13 years. I had heard that. I had heard that that she didn't know that she could end it. I didn't I didn't know she had to pay for all of it. So all of the money on both sides is coming out of her funding. Yep. Everything, including her dad's salary, the co-conservator salary, the physical conservator salary, all of that. And they say that she can't even make decisions, yet they make her work. She can work. She can choreograph. She can do this amazing show, but she can't take care of herself. Right. They're using her. It's slavery. Anyway, besides that, this is what Laura said that really hit home. Bill Cosby, how many women do you know has that happened to? They've been convicted for assault and gotten out on a just a loophole. None. Brittany, how many men are put under conservative, called crazy when they've done something like she probably had postpartum trauma or postpartum Mm -hmm. depression? And yet Mm -hmm. how many men are put under a conservative ship and forced to work and pay everybody who's keeping track of them? None. It just shows how so much of this world is based on men. And them getting the breaks and them making the laws and the rules. And so listening for three episodes of this, I'm mad. And I'm sad for Brittany. But I didn't believe her. I I thought, you know, remember when she had the meltdown? I believed the media. Oh, God, she's going crazy. When it was probably postpartum depression. She had just lost custody of her kids. I fell into that. Believe in the media. And now when I'm hearing all this, I feel... Sad that I believed it. I feel really proud of her fans for standing up because that's why she's, you know, Bill Cosby, he was vocal. Everybody was vocal for him. Brittany, everyone was telling her to shut up. Don't say anything. Don't say anything. And she was silenced. She wasn't allowed to say anything. Do you know she's not even allowed to have a baby? She has to wear an IUD. That's part of the conservatorship. Yeah, she. I remember her telling her that, saying that in the statement that she made last month. But that was the first time I'd heard it. And that was stunning. Mm-hmm. So I didn't mean to start on such a downer, but... No, I, I like it when you're fired up because you don't... You're so even keeled and you're so calm. And when something's upsetting, if it's upsetting enough to get you in this state, people need to pay attention to it. Thank you. Which also brings us to Simone and what's happened to her. Again, crazy women. Right. They label them crazy, you know? <laughs> Brittany, you know, Brittany is... Look, none of us know. We're not her. We're not her family. We we don't know. You're never going to know everything that's going on because you're always going to get it through the filter of the media. Even what I'm about to say, but it, this issue of coercive control, she, it would seem to me that she is somebody that's extremely susceptible to that. And so what got her into the conservatorship was that she had fallen prey to this man named Sam Lufty who had preyed on women like her in her condition and got control of their money and their families. And part of the conservatorship was to get her out from under him. And yet she lands into the coercive control of her father and a, and a court system that puts her in the same position. It's like they tried to save her some from something by giving her something even worse of the same thing. Right. It's really, really sad. And I don't know that we'll ever, until she's completely free of all of it and free to speak on her own, um, I don't know if we'll ever really know what her situation was. It's it's terrible. And she's young. Um, we're talking about her like she's 70 years old and her life is over. She's not even 40 yet, right? She's 39. Right. And that's the problem. Conservatorship is usually for people that are older with dementia. And it's not intended mm-hmm. to be ended. 
But right. to put it on someone who's 26 for 13 yeah. years, and if she doesn't cooperate, she doesn't get to see her boys. Right. It's appalling. Did we lose Anna? No, I, I'm just listening. I Just hearing the both of you really being so fired up about this, I, I think I'm just, I, I have this gratefulness that there is more of an awareness how some people get a break and some people don't. The pattern, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't something that people were willing to see for, for the longest time. And even at a time, maybe decades ago, when we thought we were seeing it, it was still something that people were acting on and accepting. And, and it went through a whole spectrum of, it, you know, it was, it was a gender thing. It was a racial thing. Just all sorts of unfairness and inequality going on. So, uh, you know, I really appreciate that you're pointing this stuff out, that, that there are podcasts and videos, documentaries about these things. I, I sit back and I just, I, I think I, I get blown away. I, I grew up, uh, and probably you too, but both of you, that you grew up with a, a very different mentality. And you had to accept things even in your, in your teens and your young adult lives. And, and it's so very different today. I, I appreciate just listening to you guys point these things out and, and knowing that people are now are pointing it out and, and more and more people are tweeting about it and commenting. And we're still getting people, you know, the backlash or, or the people that are criticizing those who point it out. But it's, that means that we're doing something right. Exactly. Right. And I think that for me, I just tend to accept things the way they are. I don't really overthink things. That's why I'm probably calm all the time. But then when they're pointed out, I feel like I have no choice but to be an advocate. I feel like I have no choice but to at least say it so people know and we'll look into it, whatever. Like I was going to send you guys the three podcasts. I knew you didn't have time to listen to all three, but also I knew I could condense it. And I feel like whenever we learn something and we realize something's really wrong, it's it's our job to, you know, see something, say something. That goes in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's appalling. And um, and it's sad. And I never felt sad for Britney Spears because I just, you know, I thought, oh, you know, um, teen star, spoiled brat, gone crazy. I bought it hook, line and sinker. I think we all did, you know, at some point mm-hmm. with some some celebrities. Maybe it wasn't just Britney Spears. Maybe it was others. Who do we point out sometimes? Um, Bill Clinton's. Oh, Monica Lewinsky. Monica Lewinsky. I mean, right. we saw and accepted all the jokes about her mm-hmm. way back when. And we let people just make fun of her. And today, what's happening today? Where mm-hmm. we've, I know I've changed my tune. Mm-hmm. You know, I see people changing their tune. Thankfully, there are so many women just like her that get that fall into certain situations for for different reasons. Mm-hmm. You get but, demonized. Yeah, I was thinking the other day. It's interesting that you bring up Monica Lewinsky and Bill Clinton. I was thinking about this the other day about the whole scandal with Bill Clinton and. Um, the woman, I think her name was Linda something, Linda Tripp, who had really basically used Monica Lewinsky uh, to for, for a political maneuver against Clinton. And the whole lens of that scandal was that he lied in office, allegedly whatever, and cheated on his wife, allegedly whatever. Not that he's a sexual predator. And here we are, whatever, 30-something years later... We would view that in a completely different way now. You're, I mean, you're a hundred percent right that Monica Lewinsky was Lewinsky was the butt of jokes, and and in some ways he was the victim. And and I like Bill Clinton. I mean, as a as a politician and, a, and as a speaker and things that he's done since being out of office. I don't want to. I'm not sitting here to bash Bill Clinton, but he is a sexual predator. I mean, he does he does have a history of hitting on women, right? And and whatever breadth of whatever his intentions are or the breadth of the scope of that is, that is something that has dogged him all of his life. Um, and to I'm really embarrassed now 
for any jokes that I told about Monica Lewinsky because it's so wrong. She was a child. She was an intern. He used her in a position of vulnerability. And then these other people used her for their political gain. And the only reason that became what it was was not to protect her, but to take him down politically. That was the only goal of that impeachment was not that he'd committed a crime against a woman, but that he lied and therefore we can make him not be the president anymore. That's infuriating. It, it, there's just, you know, when you think about it, it's just so heavy and it's, uh, yeah. it's time all of this comes to the top. But somebody in a place of power who uses their power to get what they want, for instance, sex. Here's this innocent young girl going, oh, my God, the president of the United States is looking at me. Right. Mm -hmm. He's responsible Mm -hmm. to keep himself in check. He's the adult. And Brittany didn't have any adults. (laughs) I mean, her father, her father seemed like the adult. Um, It's interesting that her mother and again, I don't know all the details, but her mother seems to have very little to do with her conservatorship. So you know what um, I think yeah. about that? I think she was threatened too to shut up. I think okay. she was threatened because people keep saying, "Well, why is she just now speaking up?" But I think they were all threatened. Mm-hmm. My maybe I'm wrong. I'm speculating. No, I, I it's an interesting speculation. I, I think that's I I speculate with you on that. I agree with your <laughs> speculation. Yeah, mm-hmm. that that could be. That could be. But again, and I, I've said this before when, you, you know, you were saying before, why don't we do this to men? There are plenty of men who, who should have been. You know, I mentioned last week Michael Jackson, I think, is somebody who absolutely needed some mental health help that he never got and instead had a series of people who just took advantage of him. I mean, that's the flip side of Brittany. Instead of the conservatorship, she could have been in a situation where everyone just took advantage of her, did take all her money and did let her have, you know, 10. She would have 10 children by several men who claimed that they loved her and only wanted her for her money. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, there's a lot that could have gone even I hate to say worse because she's in a pretty bad position now. But, um, you know, uh, who else? I can't think of anybody else right now. But oh, I'm sure I'm the sure guy that went crazy, three men, two men and a half kid, two men and a teenager that who was that that went wacko for a while oh charlie she yeah 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 everybody had great fun at his expense Mm -hmm. but did he get you know put under conservatorship heck no nope 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 he did not you're absolutely right that's a great example Mm -hmm. we just let him have his meltdown that was bizarre Mm mm-hmm And you can't, I don't even think that was all drugs. I think there was a just, he really had a break there. Then there's Joaquin Phoenix, who didn't have a break. He was just making a movie about having a break. So he (laughs) pretended to have a break, and then everybody thought he was breaking. And then it turns out it was just a documentary. It was very, that was very weird, you know. With performers, you never, some some performers, you never quite know what's what's going on. Mm -hmm. Um, I wonder about Elvis Presley, you know, if, if he probably could have used some mental health help. Mm-hmm. I think so many of the greats should have probably, I think anybody that's going to be in the public eye needs a therapist, mm-hmm. no matter what. And, right. You know, we might have seen so many people that were able to successfully get out of whatever breakdown or never showed it. But I, I bet with all the pressures and you, you probably need to address anything to do with mental issues. Because you're gonna face it, right? Everybody in this, maybe everybody. Okay, I'm gonna take that back. Everybody in this world needs a therapist, <laughs> probably. I, I think, you know, yeah. I, that's interesting that you said Elvis Presley. I forget if this is exactly the timeline of these other celebrities, but it seemed like the women of that time were given grief or pointed out about whatever was going on with their issues like Marilyn Monroe or Uh um, Mm -hmm. who's Dorothy from Wizard of Oz, Judy Garland. Garland. And were were there, were the men of their time pointed out, um, called out about their, their issues? I don't know. Um, I feel like then, then in you know the eighties and nineties, I th- I feel like it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I really appreciate that that these things 
are now in the spotlight. And mm-hmm. now we're talking about the Olympics and someone addressing her mental health. Mm-hmm. She got people had different opinions about it, but I'm seeing a lot of support. I'm very happy about that. I'm very grateful to see that. I was just noticing uh, some of us remember Moot. I think he was here before you, Claire. And um, he's quite famous in California now. And he he wrote um, this. He wrote this. Quitting isn't losing. And he just really wrote his support for Simone Biles being brave enough to walk away. You know, and I look right. at Brittany now being brave enough to stand up because she didn't know anyone would believe her mm-hmm. until now. And mm-hmm. so, like you said, Anna, when you see that support, that is heartwarming because mm-hmm. victims are often re-victimized. Do you guys want to do the backstory on that in case somebody's listening like two years later <laughs> about what, why we're talking about Simone Biles? Oh, yeah. Simone Biles, one of the most gifted athletes ever, <laughs> you know, gymnast, 24 years old. She's been competing in Olympics for what, tw- I guess, is this her third Olympics now, I think? Um, and uh, on the eve of, of you know, what, what could have been a multi-medal winning Olympics, she's bowed out of several events. She she's began um, the events and she had some missteps and she realized that she just, her head, her head wasn't in it. And this is a sport where particularly the way she does it, if you make a mistake, you're paralyzed or in otherwise injured severely. This is not bowling. And she was like, I can't do it. My head's not in it. I am going to bow out just like it was an injury. It's a mental injury in her particular case. And it's, uh, it's next woman up on the team. And she has just, if you're listening two years from now, when Simone Biles is probably the next president of the United States, what <laughs> at first got lambasted by people who were like, oh, she choked and that's not mental, you know, mental toughness and Olympic sports is about being mentally tough and, you know, you quit on your team. And um, but that was quickly drowned out by a much larger groundswell of support of people saying you it takes courage to make your team stronger. And in her case, she made her team stronger by stepping away and let somebody else step up. And and I'll be damned, Suni Lee stepped up last night, or I guess it was this morning, and won the gold medal in the women's all-around. So yeah. it's not yeah. like the USA doesn't have other great athletes. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe this whole thing was a conspiracy for her to step aside and let Suni Lee win a gold medal. I don't know. Wow. She, wow. she would have had to compete against her anyway, right? And she didn't leave Tokyo. That's the other thing people don't understand. Simone Biles is still there mm-hmm. on the sidelines cheering mm-hmm. on the team. She didn't tuck her tail and run. She's there and behind a mask. Everybody is. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really, uh, it, it's such an, as sad as I am for her and as incredibly difficult as that decision must have been, it is a win for people who have been trying to express how important mental health is in anything in life, let alone in sports. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I think that it's, um, I, I heard a saying, I don't know if I can remember it. It was help, humble. I can't remember it anyway, but it's like when we look at situations and we feel humbled because we can learn, we can help others. That's where it really comes in. It's so easy to jump to conclusions and jump to judgment. Even the, what was it, the mayor of a, or the attorney general of some state had to kind of take back what he said about Simone because, you know, he instantly tweeted something horrible. You know, he reacted. He didn't take mm-hmm. a minute to think. He just yeah. went with what he thought yeah. he knew. You're an athlete. Buck up. Do it. And, you know, what I hear everyone saying is she would have ruined it for the rest of her team had she done that. Yeah, it is. a. T- people don't realize, but gymnastics is a team sport. And look at the things they do. The uneven parallel balls, the vault, the balance beam, let alone the floor exercise. This is a dangerous sport. It doesn't look like it's dangerous because it's a bunch of 14-year-old girls in leotards. But it's freaking dangerous. You know, and you you've got to be on it and it's precision. And even if it weren't, even if you take the danger element out of it in terms of your performance, I mean, you see it in any sport. You know, if a wide receiver 
doesn't leap one inch higher, right? He either makes the catch or doesn't make the catch. Yeah, that's a team sport too. This is the same thing. It just looks like it's individual, but all of the scores come together, you know? And um, I, it does it. It takes cr- tremendous courage to step away. I'm sad. I, I'm sad for not being able to see what she would have accomplished. But you know what? She's got a bajillion gold medals. Mm-hmm. She's got a lot of. She's got plenty of accolades. She's 24 years old. Yeah. She doesn't need any of that stuff. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And I think it's. You know. It's unfortunate that her whatever her mental issue was happened now and didn't hap- happen two weeks from now or four weeks from now. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Because she is confident in who she is, and she made what I assume was eventually a confident decision. I'm sure it was a mind-boggling decision. But now, when you look at her, she's on the sidelines, and she's there, and she's head high. Shoulders mm-hmm. high, head high. I, I want to point out what that person said. The guy was pointing out how another athlete from a long ago, you yeah, know what I'm talking Carrie about? Carrie Strug. Yeah, and people are like, wait a minute, this is the same gal who, uh, she had a a bad foot or something. Yeah, yeah. Carrie Strug basically had a stress fracture in her foot and her coach made her go out and, oh. and win the gold medal on it. And then there's this famous photo of him carrying her around with a cast on her leg. And that's like, that's the American way, right? Like, that's how it was in 1996. Mm-hmm. That's the American way. 14-year-old girls should injure themselves for 60-year-old men. Oh. <laughs> you know? Seriously. Right. But may I say that when an athlete has that thing where they know they they aren't going to do well because the mindset of what's happened earlier, that is Uh the coach's job, not the athlete. It's the coach's job to help them reset their mind to do all of that. And if she couldn't do it, then she's not the only one to blame. Oh, that's interesting. Right. Coaches tell you, you have to visualize, visualize. Well, once you injure yourself, my niece is an athlete. Once you injure yourself, then that's you keep playing that in your head. And so that's what you're going to repeat. And we all know our mind can change our brain because I say it all the time. So that's her coach's job to take her aside and try to make that happen. And if he can't, then that is the best next step to step out. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. I don't know what's going to happen in 10, 15, I don't know, maybe in five years from now, just looking at how Carrie Strug versus Simone Biles, the the whole expectation to hurt yourself for a gold. Now I start wondering about the NFL, how a lot of players are sacrificing their brains. Right. And everything physical, because every time they're on the field or even practicing, they're getting hit by a truck basically. Right. What's it called when you got the concussion the, um, uh, for, for football? Um, that, yeah, yeah, I know. CTI? A, a three letters. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. It just seems like we're hearing so much more about that. And I wonder if it kind of changes everyone, everyone's take on that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we want to make it to the Super Bowl, but... <laughs> That, but what's interesting about that is that, and I'm not a parent, I don't have sons, but that notion of masculinity that, um, oh, you're fine, just rub some dirt in it, shake it off, get back in the game. When does that start? I mean, it seems to me that starts back at like 10, 11, 12, 13. So by the time you're in the NFL, you know, that's ingrained in you. And that is something that would have to change younger. Well, I don't know if it's coaching, parenting, kids themselves. Maybe kids are becoming more aware. I don't know. But that I think by the time you get to the NFL, it's too late to – well, not too late, but it's much more difficult to untrain a young man that, you know, what we used to call getting your bell rung is actually a brain in- injury, right? And that you you need to determine whether or not it's in your best interest to sit this one out. If you take a week off now, it will buy you years on your career or will it help or hurt your team if you play with a head injury or any other kind, any other kind of injury for that matter. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, any, you know, a lot of these guys, we just found out that Tom Brady played the entire last season on a bad and, you know, one of the knee knee ligament things. Right. So Mm -hmm. 
But he didn't wear it like a badge of honor. We just kind of found out about it later. And and there is nobody that takes better care of their body than Tom Brady. Right. And he probably knew what his limitations were, you mm. know. Um, but I don't think that's something that your average 14-year-old boy knows. If the, if the coach and the other guys are like, get the hell back in there, you're going to get the hell back in there. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and it's the other thing about the gymnasts that is interesting is now – you're kind of viewing the whole thing through the lens of the sexual abuse and Larry Nasser and the coach, the like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of women and these, and these gymnastics camps that, um, Carrie Strug's coach, Bella, um, Caroli and his brother, I think ran and the level of abuse that was going on. And I look, I look at Carrie Strug now and I don't know what her situation was in terms of those things, but all I see is these little girls just being manipulated by these men and it's like, and Simone Biles was one of them. She she testified. Mm-hmm, she actually mm-hmm. stood up, you know. So if you, damn, you better not argue her mental toughness because she did that, which none of you people looking for the remote control can do, you know. Um, but right. uh, <laughs> but that that freaks me out, too, looking at that Carrie Strug photo, like, God, what else was going on there, you know? Yeah. There was a... There was somebody commenting on that guy's tweet, that, that Texas deputy you were talking about, Lori, who was trying to criticize Biles and then turned around and said, I'm sorry for saying what I did. But before the apology, someone goes, most of y'all can't even do a jumping jack. So just hush inside the mind of a gymnast. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally true. It's any sport. All sports are like, I mean, how many of us sit there the day after and go, I mean, I watch golf and I'm like, oh, my God, how hard can that be? Mm-hmm. Come on. Or or any sport. <laughs> how did you miss that? How did you you know? And it's not easy. That's there's a reason they're there and right. we're not. But, you know, Simone Biles, what she can do. Holy crap. She defies physics. Like, literally, she goes up when she's supposed to be going down. It's amazing. That's really cool that you pointed it out that way. <laughs> you know, she was traumatized through that whole Nassar thing, right? And right. M- oftentimes what we might call mental illness is simply trauma. You know, trauma coming back up. And so yeah. when people or counselors or advisors aren't trauma-informed, they're not going to know how to help that person. And I see that in recovery. You know, I work with people coming out of recovery and often what drove them to drugs and alcohol is childhood trauma. And so I think often we're calling things that is really um, post postpartum depression early or, and with Brittany, it could have been childhood trauma. Who knows what that girl went through as a child star, you know, and it's so often things that, you know, we see this with uh, drugs and alcohol. They go to an old familiar place. They get triggered and they want to use. So think about it. You're in a situation and something, maybe the maybe there was another coach that looked or, or doctor that looked like Larry Nassau. And she may not right. have even realized that that's what happened. I'm speculating, but just saying things trigger people who have childhood trauma. And the more informed we are, the more we're going to be able to help people rather than just coming against them and slamming them, you know? Right. I wonder, too, like, over the years, if there were people who weren't mentally ready but said it was something else, like a leg injury or, you know, a foot injury. Like, I wonder if 30 years ago Simone Biles would have been like, oh, I hurt my knee. (gasps) You know? I'm curious if that's happened. Whereas now, um, thanks to people like Simone Biles and Naomi Osaka and others who are able to say, no, this is a mental break I need. Um, people are having the courage to to stand up and say that's what it is. I'm just curious. I, I think you're right, Claire, because, you know, in this thing with Brittany, you know, all these fans coming out, they were all at the trial, they were shouting outside. And her comment to someone was, I didn't know people would believe me. So all this time, she she was convinced no one would believe her. And, you know, that's what abusers do. They convince you that no one will believe you. Mm-hmm. And so it's like with, you know, all these women finally, you know, being brave enough to stand up and to say this is going to give hope to those who haven't been able to have the courage because of this. Now they're going to have some extra courage. 
and maybe more people will walk beside him. Like they'll see Britney's fans rallying. You know, that didn't hurt Britney. That helped her. It helped her situation. And people had to take notice. Right. Hugh Jackman tweeted something in support for Simone and for Naomi Osaka. Like nine hours ago, he he tweeted, I recommend speaking up, speaking your truth, asking for help. And then he puts hashtag Simone Biles and Naomi, you are both incredible athletes, two of the best in your field. But first, you're a people who feel you're an inspiration, not just for your generation, but mine too. Shout out to Hugh Jackman. Right. Nice. Bieber is Team Biles. Justin supports Simone Biles as she withdraws. (laughs) Yes. And, you know, on Instagram on Wednesday, he posted a photo of her and said the most decorated American gymnast of all time and explained why he can relate so strongly to her situation. He's another one. Bieber, I am I am so glad that he has straightened the wheel because there was a time three or four years ago when I thought we were going to lose Justin Bieber. He got I help, mean, you know. He, he, he went through he, that clinic. And and Dr. Amen is amazing. He works with people with ADHD, and often ADHD looks crazy. And it's uh-huh. not. Bless him for being willing to get the help. And look at him now. I mean, he's rocking it. He's rocking it. But he wasn't. So this is another. So like you were saying, Britney Spears has a very public meltdown. Oh, she's a crazy lady. Justin Bieber has a public meltdown. Oh, he's so cool. He's throwing eggs at somebody's house, right? Right. I mean, it's looked, it's viewed so differently. And he really needed help. And he was not getting it from his family at all. His father, if anything, was, was, was enabling him to just throwing more money at him and throwing more drugs at him and, and just like letting him go off and, and boys will be boys. And um, I'm really relieved that he, he, I don't know if it was the influence of his now wife or if it was, like you said, Dr. Amen, it could have been a, a combination of things. Um, I'm just, I'm glad he, he, you know, straightened it, at least for now. It's like now paying attention and putting words to this is hopefully, you know, hopefully it's going to make a difference for my granddaughters. Right. With Justin, it would be easy to hold him to that. But he he cleaned up his act and he's doing a lot of good things and that we can allow people to change. And that's why people don't want to go to class reunions. They're like, everyone's going to still think I'm the same, you know. And a lot of people do that. They're like, oh, well, in high school, it's like, hey, most people grow up, not everyone, but most of us. Mm -hmm. So on another note, Camila Cabela... Cabello used boyfriend Sean Mendez to create a hilarious TikTok video. Have you guys seen this? No. It's depicting the honeymoon phase of the relationship when you can't fart or poop or be human. So in the clip, <laughs> in the clip, Camilla waves goodbye to Sean, and as soon as he leaves the room, she lets one loose. Now Sean has commented on the real life gas passing habits. <laughs> oh my God. I think this is it. There's Sean, Camilla saying bye. It's standing right in front of me. One thing I know, it's only <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. Oh. Oh. <laughs> are you guys are you guys like watching the Olympics these days? Are you uh are you uh seeing any events that you like watching? Like, Lori, I'm wondering if you're liking the swimming. Well, I do love the swimming, but this is, um, see if I can find it. Um, Whidbey Island's own Adrian Lyle won a t- oh, team silver medal this week in Tokyo riding dressage. And then there's an article about it. So, you know, it's cool. pretty cool to have someone from my island win a medal <laughs> at the Olympics. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. And it's horses and you love horses. Yes, I do. And yes. two things. Did you know they've done a study on medals, gold medalists, and then silver medalists are usually, I mean, this girl's happy. You can see she's happy. But bronze medalists are usually happier than silver medalists because silver medalists are like, oh, I didn't win first place. And bronze are like, oh, my God, oh. I made it in the top three. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Seriously. Mindset. I would love to have a bronze medal. Right? Yeah. 
I think that's true for a lot of third placers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. I have not seen one minute of the Olympics. I've been working a lot. And then over the weekend, I had some time off, and then we had people come visit, which is great because I hadn't seen people in a long time. So I have literally not seen one moment of the Olympics other than stuff that comes on my phone, like news alerts I get on my phone. Right. Me too. How about oh, you, Anna? We've been really into the synchronized diving. I mean, that that sport is tough. Um just to go exactly at the same time as the other person, the exact same move. Ha! Huh? How do you do that? <laughs> right. That's pretty amazing. How do you do that? Right. Everyone did a great job. Yeah, that's amazing. It's been interesting. We watched, we watched one team mess up so badly that your heart probably would have broken for them. You know how you're supposed to dive hands first. One of them had their like feet first. And it was like, oh my gosh. Mm. I guess I get I get nervous. I get nervous for them. Ever since I saw Greg Louganis hit his head. <laughs> it's just Did like, you ah. Who broke their head? Remember when Greg Louganis Greg Louganis hit his head? This might have been before you were born, Anna. This was like in the uh oh god, eight was it the eighties or nineties? I forget what year it was, but he was a diver, really great diver. He's he won like a jillion medals. And uh he hit his head on the diving board on oh. one of his dives and just like clunk, just like boom, knocked out dead weight going into the pool. Crazy. Oh, that's traumatizing. For, yeah, well, it is. Not just him, but for, for everybody, everybody watching watched. It. Yeah. Even as someone who didn't know about this, I, I still get nervous. So Yeah. Lori, you remember that, right? Yeah. They have to play it over and over and over, you know. Right. Right. Oh. <laughs> I like yeah. to watch weird things that I would not normally see, like Taekwondo and fencing. Fencing is fine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like the Winter Olympics, I watch curling because that's the only time in my life I will ever watch curling, whereas I'll watch hockey or, you know, whatever, anytime. But in the summer, I'm like, yeah, where's like the judo and the taekwondo? I want to see those. <laughs> oh, yeah. speaking of that, the taekwondo, did you uh-huh. hear about this? I think it's an American mm-hmm. woman who won, right? Well, she's also a Lady Gaga doppelganger. <gasps> What? I didn't know that. Oh, here it is. Which Lady, outfit? Lady Gaga look alike. Was she dressed like meat? <laughs> spotted competing in the Olympics. Let's see. Uh, fans have spotted the singer's doppelganger competing in the Olympics. And the internet is having a field day. Let's see. It's, uh, oh, it's an, a, Jordan, a Jordanian taekwondo fighter, Juliana Al-Sadiq who bears a striking resemblance to the star. Neat. If you go to uh, our... She does. If you go to Warm, you saw it. <laughs> yeah. On Earth? Yeah. She's 26. Uh, she's Juliana Al-Sadek represents Jordan. She does look like Gaga. Uh, la, 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 la. I would have thought that was Lady Gaga in headgear. I know, right? Wow. Yeah. I hope they get to I'm meet and have about. a conversation after this. I'm sure they will. <laughs> I noticed it. Remember last week I was t- talking about how much I love um, uh, Leslie uh, Leslie Jones doing a doing a commentary, and uh, I, one of the people I follow was Chris Everett, and she's like, "Where have you been? I've missed you." You know, she's been like tweeting all her stuff. They, I guess, NBC didn't invite her, didn't invite her to Tokyo this year, but so she's doing it from her house. But she's amazing. <laughs> I love her. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I should, I should, well, should, I shouldn't should myself. That's right. But I believe if I turned on the television and began watching the Olympics, I would enjoy it. And yet, I have not done it yet. So maybe we'll, I still have another week, right? We have two weeks. Oh, you know what? I did watch the opening ceremonies. That was cool. Naomi Osaka lit the flame. That's what I heard. Oh, wow. But also Sadaharu Oh, who's like this awesome baseball player. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hideki Matsui, like a bunch of like really great just Japanese athletes. Uh, we're represented doing the final, you know, little legs of the torch run. I forgot about the torch. I guess it's been going for the last four years. <laughs> <laughs> we were in, we had this little pandemic, and I completely forgot about the torch running around the world. <laughs> <laughs> so, what did you love about the opening ceremony? Oh, just that Naomi Osaka got to like. Oh, that was the big thing. Yeah. yeah, but the music was cool and. Um, I don't know. It was just, it was beautifully done. It was different because, you know, usually it's like they have to play to a stadium of 70,000 people as well as to the television camera. And this year it was just all produced for TV. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> you know, there's, there's nobody there. Right. Um, yeah. Except like, I think First Lady Jill Biden was there and, and the president of France. And that was pretty much it. Mm. Oh, wow. Um, 
But I also like the athletes parading in yeah. with the flags and the all of that kind of stuff. I, I yeah. you know, Sue Bird out there holding the American flag and all that. I love yeah. that. Shelly Hart posted a picture of that. That was pretty awesome. My sister is a total Storm fan. And yeah. so I sent her that. And she was like, whoa, Sue Bird. <laughs> I like Sue Bird because she represents us old people. Now, of course, in her case, old is what, like 38? Right. But still. But she's <laughs> like, going strong. This is like her fifth fourth or fifth olympics i mean come mm-hmm. on you know yeah that's wow that's pretty amazing when you think yeah. about it you know yeah. um to to have that to have that kind of cred and still be someone who the team of all the people that they could choose that's who the, you know they choose you to carry the flag i think what that's an a huge honor. honor yeah that is yeah. really if you guys want to watch any of the events, you could do it on demand. And I'm sure like even after the two weeks, yeah. it'll be there for a while. Yeah. The skateboarding. Ooh. Yeah. The skateboarding. Softball's a sport. I saw that was on the other night. Um, surfing, right? Isn't surfing a sport this year? Surfing. Yeah. My kids were watching that and they were saying that it's a pretty slow event to watch. <laughs> yeah, but come on. If golf is an Olympic sport, then, right. you know, that's slow. For yeah. the people doing it, that's the norm. They're all used to it. If they're, you know, if it's a slow sport, they're all used mm-hmm. to waiting around. But us watching, you're like, whoa, wait. <laughs> you know, I could have done right. my nails. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Kelly Clarkson has been ordered to pay 200 grand. In support to her ex-husband. That's per month. Oh, boy. Per Total? month. Per month? month? Two grand per month. Two grand or 200 grand? 200 grand per month. A month? Yikes. Yeah. No way. Can you imagine? That's crazy. For what? Because she makes money and he don't. Sheesh. Well, what does he... Like, I can't even imagine spending $200,000 a month. So he, she has to pay him spousal support and child support. And she has to pay his legal fees. That I get. Doesn't she have custody? I thought they had dual custody. Wow. Okay. I suppose I'm not a multi-gajillionaire, so I can't even think in these terms. But in terms of child support, and everyone out there listening who is in a situation where you're co- collecting or paying child support to somebody... How much does it really, it just can't possibly cost $100,000 to have a child every month, right? If you, school and, and egos and gummy bears and shoes and, and a tutor and Pokemon cards. I mean, I just can't even imagine getting to $100,000. I mean, I was a, a single month. mom and I survived on way less than that. Right. <laughs> so you're just being punished for getting divorced? You're, it, it's punitive? I mean... Even if they have security and private schools and and a driver to take the kids back to school every day, it's still not $100,000 a month. I mean, I just, I cannot even fathom that much money. Right. That's a house per week. Right. That must be it. Each kid gets their own house. And they're like (laughs) seven and five. So this is going to go on for a while. Mm Mm-hmm. I know. Meanwhile, in... Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie, they're starting over because the judge that they have had who's been the arbiter in their custody case for all this time, which is a few years now, she, I don't know, if at some point Angelina, who they chose together, she decided that she didn't want him anymore. She felt like he was too, he was too hooked in with Brad, and I guess he has like a piece of Brad's production company or something. So she went to another judge, and she got that judge thrown off. So now they're starting over in their custody case. Their kids are going to be 40 by the time they're done. Oh, wow. Jeez. Wait, how long have they been at it and then uh, and, and now starting over? How, what's the timeline I feel like it's three or four years. It might just be maybe two, but. But still, years of it, and now they're starting right. over. That's a right. pain in the butt. And what made her, like, obviously it wasn't going her way, you know? And and she convinced somebody that it was for a legitimate reason and not just because it wasn't going her way. Let's take a look. Okay, they filed for divorce in 2016 and were declared legally single in 2019. So that's, so 2016 is five. So that's basically five years. So do you love it? It goes on so long that they have to be declared single. Right. Right. Isn't that great? (laughs) They're not divorced, but they've been declared single. (laughs) 
business world. Super wealthy people just live in a totally different planet than we do. You know, <laughs> I was I had this thought the other day about somebody. I can't remember who it was. It was some Olympian. And they said, oh, they originally started as a, as a walk-on for the USC rowing team. And literally, my first thought was, how hard is that? Lori Laughlin's kids were walk-ons for the USC rowing team. I apologize <laughs> oh. to every member of the USC rowing team and anybody involved in any USC sports of any kind. Because, yes, I do understand it's very difficult to be an athlete. But it's sad that that was my first thought was about Lori Laughlin's kids and how they just paid their way. You know, into the, yeah. into the system, into college, let alone into the mm-hmm. under the team. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. This this the, the the super wealthy just just baffle me. You know, but that's <laughs> I'm not surprised Kelly Clarkson that she has to pay money because I'm sure she does make a lot more money than he does. That was a confusing case too because his father was her manager, and so they were sort of suing and countersuing one another, claiming fraud of some sort he said she owed millions of dollars and she said he he wasn't legally allowed to practice in california and they had that was a ugly one yeah it was i bet her and reba have a lot to talk about when they sit down and have wine (laughs) (laughs) so this morning my sister's on a little emergency vacation um, because uh, she's getting her house painted And so people are all around her house and she's a teacher and it's summer and she wants to be outside with the, you know, on the (laughs) deck with the pool. So I'm in charge of feeding the outdoor birds and her sweet little kitty got out this morning. Mm -mm. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. I knew where she was the whole time, but I couldn't catch her. And boy, she was, she wanted squirrels and birds and she was not having me following her around. So for over an hour, I attempted to quietly catch her but no so i call my nephew who's you know staying there because of covid i'm like can you come home from work i can't catch the cat and he comes home and he's trying to catch her and so i go i gotta go and i leave the minute i drive out the driveway he's like she's in (laughs) she was just messing with you dang cat (laughs) she's like ha ha i love cats we had this cat when i was in college i we had this uh my roommate had this cat named Cooter. <laughs> Cooter. And, uh, he was a fun cat, but he was also kind of a jerk. And he would stand in the doorway when I would come home, like with like, you know, five bags of groceries. And he'd stand in the doorway ready to bolt for the door. And I had to do this whole acrobatic thing where I kind of only half opened the door and put the bags in one at a time and squeeze myself through. And I did this all the time. <laughs> and after about a year, one day I came home and I don't know, the door just flew open and Cooter just sat there. And I realized he never had any intention of running out. He just liked watching me panic and squirm. <laughs> when pets mess with you yeah cats especially though dogs dogs don't think that hard i don't think not that they're not that smart they just don't that's not where they put their energy they don't exactly <laughs> right. plan ahead it's like cats l- lay there all day thinking hmm what can i do next yes. right. <laughs> <laughs> dogs are very much in the moment <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, yesterday, I think as yesterday, I posted a a um, post about a woman who is 76 now, I think, and a bodybuilder. Oh, my. That's awesome. She oh. was overweight, you know, just so sick all the time. So her daughter happened to be a uh, like a trainer. And so she went, moved and moved near her daughter and started going to the gym every day. And within a year, she had lost 100 pounds. And here she is, this amazing older woman. And I thought, you know, so often people are like, well, I'm getting old. That's it. And to see somebody at 70 start their journey of bodybuilding just was amazing. And so that ties into Olympic sports a little bit because it's like, you know, it's not just for the young it's like we can all, you know, it's not too late. It's never too late to start doing things. Yeah. Right. I know that sounded kind of random, but. No, that's. No, it's not. I get yeah. it. That is a listen and learn moment. Or not. <laughs> or not. <laughs> I listened and I learned it. You listened and she learned. That's like, uh, listen to me now and hear me later. (laughs) Do you remember that? Or was that before Anna? (laughs) Arnold Schwarzenegger. (laughs) We're going through that now. I mean, Sharon, my my wife has, um, she's building a class. 
uh, to teach drawing, to teach basic drawing to anyone who wants to learn. Oh, wow. And that's the key is to anyone who wants to learn. And it's open to anybody, but she's really gearing it toward older people, whether you're retired or an empty nester, somebody who maybe when they were 10 years old loved to draw, but at some point somebody told them they couldn't or they weren't very good at it, and so they just kind of let it go. And now here they are with time, and they want to learn to draw. And she's like, all you have to do is have a love a love for it, and I can teach you the rest. It's never wow. too late to learn. And she can show you whether it's the science or the emotion or the evidence. She's got all of it. She can just pile it on to show you that anyone can learn to draw at any age if they want to. And it's not easy. You have to put work into it, just like anything else. You have to practice this and practice that. But if it's something you love and something you want, you want to be able to just throw some pencils or watercolors in your bag and go out to a park and draw birds, you can. You know, you can do it. And, yeah. you know, she she can teach you how. But but that's her whole premise is it is never too late. And bodybuilder at 76, go for it. I love it. And, you know, that's the one yeah. thing when I coach people, often they're like, well, I'm too old, you know, and part of it is they think like they want to do what they used to do. But what they don't realize is that there still are new things they can learn. There's still things that like people are like, I want to be a NFL a football player. And they're like 90. OK, so that people are like, blow them off. But what do you love about football? Well, I love blah, blah, blah. Well, maybe maybe it's having people come over and watch games with you and doing your own like that gal who's doing from home commentating. It's like, you know, there's always something some way, somehow. And I, I feel like I get so sad when people just give up. That's my two cents worth. And if you're 90 years old, don't go on the field, but you yeah. can play Madden football. You can play Madden. <laughs> Just do yeah, something. Right. Yeah, yeah. Do that. You could get someone to toss the ball with you. Yeah. Virtual reality football, if that exists. Ooh. See, there's always a way, especially with... There is a way. Yeah. And, the, and same thing with technology. People are like, oh, I can't figure it out. It's like, find a teenager and figure it out. Because the world isn't going backwards. <laughs> or take classes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Learn it yourself. Or, or build a computer on your own. There you go. Using YouTube. Yeah, that's right. I YouTubed it. <laughs> <laughs> you know that surgery I, I had the other day? Well, we do YouTubed it. <laughs> <laughs> Got the neighbor to... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh no <laughs> I stayed at a Holiday Inn Express so I'm good <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay two things don't go out on the football field and play other players at age 90 and don't do surgery on yourself <laughs> right listen and learn or not does not condone doing self-surgery that you learn on YouTube <laughs> there you go <laughs> Well, Claire, did Facebook get it right? Did you have a birthday recently? I most certainly did, two days ago. Well, well, well. And she went rowing. I did. We went kayaking. We went on a we went on a three hour kayak trip that turned out to be a five hour kayak trip <laughs> because it, it was beautiful. We went up the uh, the Willamette River, and um, but the river is it hasn't rained here in forever. You guys are having it too. This, we're just in a terrible drought. And so the water is really, really, really low. And the guide was like, I've never seen this like this before. And so there were two things. There were a lot of the parts of the river where you could bottom out. And she had to really guide us like through certain area, certain rocky areas where, you know, the just so we would float. But then like there are places where the current just takes you and it's magnificent. It was the most beautiful day. And you just like put the oar down and you just float. And then it would just stop. <laughs> like just dead stop and she's like I've never seen this before I've never I'm mean, she she had seen it the day before but you know in her years of of kayaking she'd never seen it like this before she said this is so low and so we really had to paddle paddle hard and my arms were freaking killing me by the time we were done we got back after dark and she was like oh we're supposed to have lights on the kayak so we better go faster and we just oh. like went as fast as we could but we were all exhausted it was a five hour paddle where it usually takes three yeah oh my gosh but it was great now there was a part in the middle there where we kind of chillaxed and just floated in that middle part we did i mean we probably lost a half hour of just like doing virtually nothing and then we mm -hmm. actually stopped for a bathroom break which was kind of arduous um but um 
it was great. I mean, it was really, we had a really good time. That was last week. Um, but yeah, I had a good birthday. I got Aww. some, got some, got some gifties and got lots of phone calls and messages and a big old cake. And I just love my birthday. It's the greatest day of the year for every year. It's the best day ever. <laughs> That's so my mom awesome. always made it special and Sharon makes it special. And I just love, love my birthday. Oh, <laughs> that makes me so happy. Aww. Thank you. It wasn't even like a significant birthday. It was just a birthday. Yeah. But that you love your birthday. Yeah. That's so cute. Yeah. What kind of gifts did you get? Let's see. Uh, Sharon got me a lot of stuff for my uh, trip to uh, Italy coming up in a couple weeks. Oh, right. So oh, got me this gosh. Great bag. This like Sharon is a bagaholic. She is what most women are to shoes. Sharon is to bags. And she's very critical of bags. Like she'll get a bag that she thinks is the perfect bag. And after like two weeks, she's like, well, it should have this pocket and that zipper and that button and that thing, that water holder. It should have this. And she should have worked for Timbuk three or whatever it's called um Timbuktu that <laughs> Timbuktu is a band um <laughs> but so she got me this really awesome uh Sherpa brand bag that's like a good it's a backpack but it's like and this is like you know it's x-ray proof so if you have a credit card here no one can steal it and this is like uh knife proof so like uh, little little thieving children can't come up and cut it open you know <laughs> it's just like okay <laughs> He's like, all right. And this one charges your phone. Right. Yeah. And this is where you put your headphones. And this is a wa- And look, it's got a water bottle holder inside and outside. <laughs> and it's really great. It's a really great bag. And so she got me that. And these, um, I'm bound and determined to only take one relatively small carry-on suitcase. Because I don't want to have to check my bags and, and not ever see them again. Mm-hmm. So, um she got me those like uh, vacuum seal things that you you pack stuff in and then you can squish them down really small so you can fit more in your in your suitcase. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, ad- uh, power adapters. That's I mean that's more practical than a gift, but still she got them for me for being in another country. That's good for my phone. And uh, what else is in there? Oh my god! <laughs> and my sister in law gave me a, a my own Alexa. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Amazon uh, Echo. Amazon Echo. I haven't set it up yet. Are you going to get Melissa McCarthy's voice? (gasps) I didn't know that was an option, but I think I will. I think it's just $4.49 or $4.99. Oh, my gosh. That sounds awesome. Is it Melissa McCarthy as Sean Spicer or as herself? As herself. (laughs) 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 Oh, my God. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. So I got that and... uh, yeah, so it's pretty good. I had a good I had a good haul. A good haul from a birthday. Nice. Nice. That's awesome. Okay. You know the question I'm gonna ask. Yes. What songs with birthdays or the word born in it? Born do you in know? the USA. Born in the USA. Today is your birthday. It's my birthday too, yeah. Who is it? Is that the Beatles? Yes, that's the Beatles, Anna. Okay. Oh my God. I'm like, oh no. The most important song for July 27th is Claire by Gilbert O'Sullivan. Oh, yes. That's the best song. That's the best song that very few people know. (laughs) But that's the ultimate song. Claire, the moment I met you, I swear. I felt as if something somewhere had happened to me that I couldn't see. It's all about a great person named Claire. I love it. How does Anna not know this? She knows everything. It's actually, it's actually about a child because it was from like 1972, which is 50 years before Anna was born. Jeez. Um, Claire, that's cool that you have a song. I do. I have my own song. Born to be, Born wild. To be wild. That's a Claire song. Born to be wild. Oh, I can think of as Lady Gaga born this way, but I can't think of how it goes. I can't think of it, but I know that I can't song. Think of too. How it goes all of a sudden. Yeah, it's like as soon as you start it, I'll know it. <laughs> I know. Because we have the other Lady Gaga song in our head. Right, I've got. 
where was I? Oh, we were when the kayaking lady was teaching us stuff, and it was like I got, I did get stuck. I bottomed out at one point. And she had to, I couldn't get unstuck, and and she came back to to save me. And she says, she's like, I've never seen it this shallow. And I started going in the shallow, <laughs> and she she shot me this look like, no. <laughs> Guess you guess you'd heard that one, huh? <laughs> In the shallow, like, I bet every every kayak instructor or swim instructor in America is like, stop, please stop. <laughs> Lori, what, are you able to play uh, "Born This Way"? I I can't even. Why am I? Why is it wrong? I'm remembering the Katy Perry birthday song. <laughs> you ready? Here we go. It's got a unicorn. Oh my god. Hitchcock. Kind of Star Wars y. Uh, I don't remember it sounding like that. <laughs> this is the official music video. This is the manifesto of Mother Mother. Oh, that's her voice for sure. <laughs> I'm like, what is this? Is that is not how it goes. <laughs> a government-owned alien territory in space, a birth of magnificent and magical. Laura, you always find the place. most interesting version of things. <laughs> but the birth was not finite; it was infinite. infinite. As the wombs numbered, oh, they're delivering the a baby right now. of the future began. This is kind of freaky. Maybe, yeah. maybe it fast forward to the middle where they'd have a song. Where they singing the verse. Verse. <laughs> Let's see. Where they say, born this way. Oh, wow. Maybe this is a movie. Because you were born this way, baby. Okay. Well, there we go. There we go. Yes. This way. Was that enough? Yeah, yeah that was good. good. Okay, her, I'm like, her, her driving me crazy. Her, her shoulders crazy. are like totally pointed. I don't know if she's. Like anorexic, or if they've done something, like put little horns on her shoulders for this video. It's crazy. Anyway, the the one happy birthday song. No, two of them that I remember are the Ting Tings. I don't know if you remember if you ever watched Yo Gabba Gabba, <laughs> but they sing Happy Happy Birthday in a world that's full of nights nights. Remember the Ting Ting? I don't know that one. No, I don't know the Ting Ting. It's like so poppy and cute. Um, and then Uncle Cracker. <laughs> me and you or something like that or that me and everyone <laughs> and everyone and everyone <laughs> so happy birthday claire happy, happy birthday, birthday claire very much ladies much appreciated now when, when are your respective birthdays anna's is coming up in Mine's august next month that's what i thought it's pretty soon uh-huh yeah mine it mine and is all the way I, over in november November's closer than you think, though, girl. Way too close. That's still stuck in my head. All these other songs you've been throwing at us, and I'm still. In the middle of her report tonight, she's going to be like, traffic is. Oh, man. Awesome. All right, ladies. So uh, how many stars should they give us? 
Always a five-star rating. That way people can find us. It only takes a second, maybe three seconds. And what should they say about our podcast? Gaga. 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 What should they say about our podcast? That was the best hour I spent all week. I can't wait till next week. (laughs) It was better than the Olympics. It was better than the Olympics. I'm going to go back and listen to the episodes I missed. (laughs) Yes. And where can they find you both? Coach Lori on Facebook, L-A-U-R-I-E. I'm on Twitter at Claire Beverly. I'm at Twitter at I'm Anna D. I was trying to find you on Twitter, I'm Anna D. <laughs> oh, Igloo, Mary, Alpha, Nancy, Nancy, Alpha, I'm following Delta. you now. <laughs> Delta, Delta, Delta. I love your picture. And I remember when you did that. I remember What did when, I do? What? It's the picture with... Um, Ellen, and you superimposed yourself on it, and it looks like Julia Roberts is behind you. Brad Pitt's there. Oh, yes, the selfie. Yes, that's right. Yeah. I love it. Ellen's famous selfie. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great week. Stay cool. Yes. This is Listen and Learn. Or not. not.